Welcome to a special episode of Murder in the Rain. This is Alicia, and today I'll be sharing the story of Shane Sprager, a missing man whose family is desperate for answers. Besides sharing the case details, we'll be speaking with two of Shane's sisters who share what they can about his disappearance. This is an open and active case. This is to get the information that is available out to as many people as possible. Murder in the Rain makes no allegations towards any persons involved in the case. We hope this is shared and that someone comes forward with some information. 47-year-old Shane Sprager was last seen at work in Vita, Oregon, an unincorporated area of Lane County. On November 2, 2021, Shane left the construction site he was working at, leaving his power tools plugged in, ready to go upon his return. It was about 10 a.m. when he went home, but he never returned. Three days later, his truck was located near the Blue River Reservoir. While we often hear similar cases of a missing person who has perhaps left on their own accord or has taken their own life, Shane's family is certain that is not the case as he was excitedly working on rebuilding his home, which had been destroyed in the Holiday Farm Fire in September of 2020. Shane is a 47-year-old white male. He is 6 foot 1, 175 pounds, with brown receding hair. He has hazel eyes and a short beard and uses reading glasses. When he went missing, he was wearing a camo jacket and dark work pants. For more information, let's turn to Jody and Stacy, two of Shane's sisters. I'm Jody. I'm Shane and Stacy's older sister. We have uh, my brother, and then there's four four girls in our family. Shane lives out in Oregon and the rest of us, most of us are in Minnesota. So we don't really have any family out there to to help with this endeavor. In regards to Shane, I I personally can say um, my boys like adored him. They looked up to him. Um, We didn't get to see him all that often, but when we did, he was always willing to help with um, like home construction projects because he was um, in that business and uh, he was really good at it Um, and he worked hard. Uh, My name is Stacy. I am Shane's sister. I'm in the middle of Jody and Shane. So it goes Jody, me, Shane. And then we have two younger sisters. What I can say about Shane, he loves the outdoors. He loves gardening. He loves, see, I get, um, I don't know if I should say loves or loves. So I get kind of so he loves his dog. He loves to he loved to go up on walks where his truck was found. So he was really familiar with the area. He was a hard worker, just like my dad. He worked from sun up to sundown and was really dedicated. And that was kind of his life. He worked all the time. I don't know originally why he went out there, but he's lived there for about 20 years. Um, he moved out there with uh, one of his um, girlfriends and they decided they needed a change of scenery. And then he just kind of, they just established there. His girlfriend ended up passing away, um, which was really tough on, on Shane. Um, and he has since remarried. Um, the other thing that I'll say too is that his home was um, is gone from the the fire, the wildfires that were happening out there. So he has a trailer that they got through FEMA, and he bought a, another piece of land. He really had nothing. He lost everything in in that fire. He didn't have insurance, and so that was uh, he was 
kind of dealing with that. And the day after he had gone missing, I think it was the day after he was planning on breaking ground on, on his new property. So he had had um, plans and he was really excited about that. November 2nd, he was working at a job site. I don't know how early he got there, but he had been working up until about 9.30 or 10 o'clock that morning. Um, he left his tools plugged in, laying all over the place, right in the middle of a job and went home. And, and it hasn't been seen since he went home. We think that he intended to go back to work just because all of his tools were still there and you know, all his, everything was scattered all over the place. And he was, you know, right in the middle of doing whatever. I don't, I didn't see the site, but. Was that something that he was known to do? Was there anything uh, alarming or strange about that to anyone? He did take lunches every day, but typically it was around lunchtime. This time it was different because it was at 10, 10 a.m. It is, it was common for him to take a lunch and then come back. But the fact that he was, there was some contractors that were waiting for them, for him to return for hours. That was out of character for Shane. He would have been there. The story was that he went off mushroom hunting, which to us was just really out of character because why would you leave in the middle of your work day to go mushroom hunting? It was odd, but I don't think that that was the case. Um, they found his truck on Thursday morning, I believe. There's four characters that have last seen him, and they're the ones that found his truck on, in a, on a log, logging road. And then on Friday, they reported him missing. And then Saturday, my mom got a call um, to say that he was missing. So there was quite a few days um, in between before he was reported missing. So Tuesday, he leaves work at 10 leaves his stuff there. They find, someone finds the truck on a logging road that Thursday, investigation begins, and then families informed Saturday. They initially thought it was the mushroom hunting. Did something change or something was learned that made them think yeah. it wasn't that? We thought it was out of character. We feel like the truck maybe was, was planted um, there, but we know that he went home. Well, there were four people at his home, his wife, uh, two friends, and then another was a really good friend of Shane's um, who also had a trailer on the property. So they kind of had separate homes. Um, and the story about what happened when he got home or even if he got home and how he left, yeah. stories are different every time you talk to them and between the people that they just don't, the story just doesn't add up. It's story different. is different, but, but in every story, he did come home yeah. that morning. Yeah. I'm assuming, or at least hoping, I guess that people are or investigators are talking to these people, where are, where are things at as a whole? They've talked to them, um, and I think they are relying on more communication, but voluntary communication. And at this point, I don't know that they're willing to talk anymore. So we're kind of at a standstill waiting for tips or somebody that's seen something or heard something, just any bit of information we're really hoping someone will step forward. Jody, you had said that the family felt the truck had been planted on that logging road. What gives you guys that inclination? It's just kind of a hunch. I mean, it, it was just weird how he was home and then he went to go mushroom hunting on, on a logging road um, and not going back to work. And they've, and the other part of that is, is they've done a, like a thorough 
extensive search around the truck and didn't find any signs. One of the things that they did find near the truck, I think it was on Wednesday, Stace, was like there was a ping from his cell phone on the Wednesday. But other than that, they hadn't found any sort of evidence around the truck, which is kind of weird to us. Between those four individuals, they had made visits to the truck to dropped off a map, which was odd because he knew that area really well. And yeah. they also uh, took the tools that were out of the back of his truck. So they were making some, some visits to the truck, um, but just the stories are fishy. Besides the differing stories, have the people that you guys have certain thoughts about have they responded to the family at all directly or made any kind of explanation or anything for the situation? My mom actually had contact with three of them. The one that had worked for Shane um, that lived on the property, he is the one that does, like he'll talk to us directly about one story and then he'll change his story and even to us. And so he's also doing this to, to the police as well. So so we are getting like little parts of the, the story. I don't know that how much we can share that, but it's oh, there's yeah, really okay. no consistency among among them that, that we've been talking to. So yeah. I've seen that as a family, you guys are offering a very substantial fifty thousand dollar reward for information. Where do things stand? As someone just listening into the story, it's basically like he completely vanished without a trace with the exception of your gut feelings about certain situations. Is that where you're at? You're just waiting at this point to hear anything? Right now we're just waiting. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to just sit and wait every single day, hoping that we'll get some news. But at this point, the um, uh, investigators said that they can't go out and do any more searches until the spring. So until then, what we're we're relying on people to come forward or any tips or um, anything that people have heard or seen, or if they see something weird out in the woods or anything, that's all we have to go on right now. And then who knows if they'll, if, you know, anything will be found in the spring. Of what you guys knew of the relationships between him and these other people, just if that's the other option besides him, perhaps being lost in the woods or something, was there ever any indication from him that there was maybe something there or he didn't feel safe or anything like that? I'm a little bit nervous to, to say that. So I, my theory, um, one, um, Shane and his wife were having problems. There was a divorce was evident. They had talked about it. She had moved out, came back in or moved back in um, temporarily. Uh, so we had that. And then his one of his best friends that lived in the trailer on his property actually used to work for Shane and Shane had fired him the, the night before and also told him to leave the trailer um, because that was Shane's trailer on Shane's property. And so I think between the two of them, to me, that feels like there's enough motive there. Um, the other two individuals, I don't really know. I, I did hear at one point there's drugs involved and one of them was supplying the drugs, but I don't know. I mean, that was all kind of circumstantial. I don't know if there's anything. And, and um, Shane, would, with, when these people were around, they would all kind of be at home and, you know, just lounging around and he'd be at work all day, every day. And so he kind of had enough of that from 
from them. So I think he actually fired the guy a couple days before um, and said that you need to be off my property in two days. So some of us were thinking that maybe that's why he went home to make sure that he was gone. If that morning had been his deadline that he had given him, I'm going to go check and make sure that that went well. That's a possibility. Yeah. Gotcha. As far as the investigation itself with the investigators, how, how are you guys feeling about that? Are you feeling like it's being handled? Are you feeling like there's enough communication? I would say that there's 170 people missing in Lane County from what we had um, looked last time. And there's only like two or three police officers that are handling those, those cases. So, I mean, every time we've talked to them, they're like overworked. They do tell us that they're going to be following up on certain things, but they, I don't think they have enough time to get to it. I do think if, I I think they're great individuals and I think they have a lot on their plate. So I I just don't feel like we're, we're getting the attention that we should, you know, initially I thought that they were doing a a great job and they were on it, but I think now it's just kind of maybe the timing has caused them to focus on different things. My sister Misty does talk to the, the lead investigator, like on a a weekly basis, she she tries to get updates. And so um, we do have, we do have that sort of communication. On, in every update, we hear about that, how busy they are and um, how they're going to have a really busy week. So it's kind of like, don't expect much. I would like to, to say, my, my gut feel is that he's somewhere near one of the reservoirs. So there's two reservoirs in that area. There's a Blue River Reservoir, which is um, close to, not, or somewhat close to where his truck was found. And then there was a Cougar Reservoir. And one of the... Um, friends uh, that we had recently talked about uh, would go there every day looking for Shane at, at Cougar Reservoir. And, and it seemed kind of fishy because that's not really where the police were focusing their efforts. Uh, my sister and I, a different sister, uh, and my mom went out to Oregon like right after this happened. And we kind of did explore some of those those areas. And those areas are quite massive. And I think it would just be really hard to um, to track somebody down, but uh, I feel like that maybe is where his last location is. I don't know, Stace, what you have, what your thoughts are, but that's just my feeling. Yeah, I had those initial thoughts too, but I guess my main um, point to people listening would be to just contact the authorities. If you have heard anything, seen anything, even if it's a tiny little piece of information, it can help solve this puzzle and um, we just really want to bring Shane home. Being that it was winter, was there ever an opportunity for like a mass search, like a large group of people kind of crawling along looking for things? Did anything like that take place? Yeah, there was a few searches. Um, my, my sister, when she was out there, she, she organized it with like just friends of, of Shane's. And so they did do that search. But then there was this, the search and rescue have been out there several times um, with different crews um, and they didn't find anything. They, they also used drones and um, had dogs, search dogs looking as well. I am, I am just so sorry and I really appreciate you talking about this. I'm sure it is heavy and emotional and uh, unbearably difficult. So 
Um, I appreciate you opening up with that. Oh, and we should mention, I don't think Jody or I talked about it, but we are offering a $50,000 reward. That's how much we want him home. So it's really, really important to us. Thank you for helping us get the message out. We appreciate it. To support Shane's family and to stay up to date on case information, you can join the Missing in Blue River, Oregon area, colon, Find Shane Sprager Facebook group. If you have any information about Shane's disappearance, no matter how trivial you think it may be, you are asked to contact the Lane County Sheriff's Office at 541-682-4150 and reference case number 21-6268. And remember, there is a $50,000 reward out for information that leads to Shane's location. (music) 